0: Welcome everybody to the Sports Experience Podcast with me Dom DiTola. and me Chris Quinn. All right, we got an awesome set of episodes here to come out today. Uh, you want to dive right in? Yeah, let's
1: get right into it. All right,
0: excellent. Um, first subject today, uh, since we haven't done the sport yet, uh, boxing. Mr. Andrew Galata.
1: <laughs> yeah, and before we get into uh, Mr. Galata, I want to. Oh, we were talking about this earlier. We're both never really got into boxing. Um, no. Huh. Yeah, I didn't. I never grew up watching it or, you know, it wasn't one of those sports that was always on in my house like all the other ones, so.
0: Yeah, for me growing up, it was always baseball, football, and hockey. That yeah. was it. Those were kind of the big three, kind of in that order as well. Like, I never really got into boxing, but um, I do have friends uh, specifically give a shout-out to uh, one of our uh, great listeners, Elias McCollish. He, uh, big boxing nut, and uh, he likes her podcast and said hey uh i think i got a guy who would be perfect for the for you guys to do yeah and uh Boy, was he right. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. And mentioning that, if anybody has any of these uh, sports stories that you want us to go over, shoot us an email at the sports experience podcast at gmail.com. Oh,
0: yeah. No, I mean, there's a treasure trove of athletes out there that we, you know, know, which is why we're doing these episodes. But if you would like to hear us research and talk about them and, you know, you're all geeked up about it, please, seriously, like plenty
1: of ideas out there. Yeah, shoot us an email. But without. Any more ado, let's get into Galata because this was one I knew nothing about and was a great... I had a great time researching him. He was wild. This guy is like... A bipolar
0: Ivan Drago, I guess is the best way to put it. I don't like that. All right, so born in the Soviet Union, so but that's a perfect connection. January 5th, 1963 in Warsaw, Poland. In yes. Warsaw. Yep. Yeah, which is an Eastern Bloc country at that time. Yep. Um, grew up in the ghetto of Warsaw, which is like, my God, this guy, wow.
1: Yeah, well, he said he grew up fighting all the time, Yeah. and once he finally grew some size, he kids stopped started leaving leaving him alone because he really became a heavyweight you know like he he was like two hundred six three, two hundred pounds when he was like 18 19 so yeah I
0: mean, I mean he had the he's like what you would think of when you want to make a heavyweight boxer in a lab yeah like Drago and Rocky four yes, completely what
1: I mean? lean he wasn't like overweight he was yeah
0: yeah just constructed body type perfect for it because, yes. I mean, by the time he was in his prime, he was like 6'4", close to about 240. Yeah. So, I mean, just exactly what you'd want.
1: Well, in the beginning of his career, he was a amateur Olympic boxer. He got a bronze medal in the 88 Olympics.
0: Yeah, yeah. Over in Seoul, he did, yeah. Um, going going about his business, whomping people. He had a 111 wins as an amateur.
1: Yeah, he was really... Knocking people out, even back then. I mean, that's something throughout his whole career that he was a a knockout specialist. He really had power.
0: Yeah, he had power. But and we'll get into it probably later. Um, some issues regarding other things.
1: <laughs> I would say control.
0: Yeah, control.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. Well,
0: control and drive and effort and things it, like oh, that. Oh, a bunch yeah. of it.
1: Well, like so, he was the uh, bronze medalist, and then. He kind of, he was still an amateur boxer, but he didn't turn professional. And then he kind of got some trouble in Poland.
0: Yeah, yeah. Getting in trouble. It, it's like a Midnight Express almost. Yes. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So in 1990, the guy's in his early 20s, boxing king. He
1: gets into a bar fight in, uh, in Poland. And I was trying to research this. I couldn't dis- figure out because somebody said that he got into a bar fight with a cop. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out exactly the details of it. The only thing that I could figure out was that he knocked this guy completely cold.
0: Yeah, completely just destroyed this guy. And I would, I would think more or less that he got into a fight with a cop and not just like some regular
1: bar fly because immediately after he fled Poland. Well, that's what they say, is he went to America not to become a professional boxer, but to literally stave jail time in Poland because they were saying they were going to give him five years. And like five
0: years in a Polish jail just sounds... Scary. Yeah, like, I mean, American jail is scary enough. Yes. I have no idea what goes inside early 90s post-communist Poland jail. <laughs>
1: It's hard to even comprehend because I bet it's just a cold, scary place. It's
0: like a gulag with butt sex. Oh That's my god! Kind of what I assume Polish jail is at that time. You now, think if, the
1: butt sex translates uh, across countries like that across cultures?
0: I mean, if it's that bad and you need it, I assume you know. <laughs> yeah, you assume <laughs> a lot. Of, a lot of hardcore Polish mob probably in where he's going. Yes, and, you know, very, very scary things. Very well, scary.
1: So he moves to America. This is something I found extremely interesting. He yeah. didn't go professional right away. He actually became a truck driver and didn't really think he was going to go professional.
0: Yeah. Like he, I don't think boxing, and part of the reason I think why he never rose to the complete top was boxing never meant that much to him. You get yeah. that vibe is that boxing wasn't his, like you listen to an interview with Evander Holyfield, one which Elias sent me, which is fantastic. Um, You could tell that, like, boxing is what drove this guy. Yes. is like, I don't want to spend time in a Polish jail, and he moved to Chicago, and the reason he moved to Chicago is because they have the highest Polish descent population outside of Poland. Yes. So goes there, marries a woman, wants to be a truck driver. I mean, he just wants to get out of his previous lifestyle as opposed to, you know, yeah. (laughs) Well, they
1: said the first gym that he went to after living in America for a couple of months... Um, he ended up like sparring with a guy, and when you spar with a guy, you're not supposed to go 100%. He knocked him out right away. Oh, obviously. Somebody else jumped in the ring and was <laughs> yelling at him. He knocked him out, and as they were leaving, he knocked out another guy, and they, ha- they had to call the police, and he was going to get arrested, but they... Ended up letting him go. But it's like one of these things where it's like you could see this guy had problems. And then you start with these stories where it's like, well, the first boxing gym he went to in America, he just started knocking people out. <laughs> I would like to take classes. <laughs> it, it like Literally, he's like, do you want to spar? Like, yeah, let's spar. Like, let's go a couple of rounds. He literally went full-blown crazy person. Oh, my God. It, it, you,
0: you could kind of tell from that, though, that it like the light bulb went off. He was like, I can get what I want doing this even though it's not the most important thing to me yes because that, he's
1: just that good yes that was something that he said was he could make money off these fights off of fighting that he could never make in a, in a regular life oh yeah um
0: and then 92 you know he gets training uh turns pro Uh, I believe he beats uh, Roosevelt Silver in the third round in his first professional fight, and then he won 19 more in a row.
1: Yeah, so he goes on like a 16 um, knockout streak Mm -hmm. in in that in that 19 and 0, and like so, people are really looking at him like, oh, this guy's coming up. This guy has all the tools, and he's really laying people down.
0: Yeah, and he's keeping you know that crazy town part of his brain in check. Yes. Until a specific fight where he goes Tyson before Tyson.
1: And this was a small um, fight, not a not a big one. But yeah. it, how do you pronounce this guy's name?
0: Um, I believe it's Polynesian, so
1: it's Samson
0: uh, Pahua.
1: Pahua, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Pahua in this fight is starting to win a little. So that's and
0: a- roughing him up. Yes. And Galata kind of doesn't have... That's the other thing I kind of, you know, watching his fights and kind of seeing him talk is, you know, in the very limited interviews is like, he doesn't have that dog in him in the ring, you know, like he doesn't have that dog in him when things aren't going his way to really like take it to an
1: extra gear. Yeah. When he's backed into a corner, he's not gonna, he almost like whimpers away. Yeah. He, uh, he doesn't, when he gets frustrated, he doesn't
0: go, what can I do to make this better? he just goes to crazy town.
1: What can I do to make this worse? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What
0: can I do to set this dumpster fire even more ablaze? Exactly. And- He's getting sick of this guy roughing him up, kind of headbutting him. So he
1: bites him in the neck, vampire style. And it's like a big chunk he tries to take out. Like, it's not like a little tiny bite. You're like, whoa, what'd he do? You're like, holy shit. He like, ah.
0: It's not like some Victorian era British woman with tea and crumpets, like nibbling. This is like legit Nosferatu, like, gah.
1: And you see the the boxer's like, whoa. Like, (laughs) he has a reaction of just like, what is happening? And I feel like the ref not being ready for that, because why Who would you would? Why would you be ready for it? But the ref was kind of like, okay, keep going, guys. <laughs> just like, did I
0: just see, like, can, imagine being the ref going home after that. Like, hey, honey, how was your day? Well, let me tell you what I just saw. <laughs> yeah, I think a guy bit a guy, but it was so quick, I don't know. I saw a muscular Pollock just go after someone.
1: <laughs> well, he ends up uh, winning this fight. He does, so he does. So people kind of say that, this is him kind of what happens to him when he starts to lose a fight is he kind of loses his shit, but he could still obviously is a great contender in this heavyweight division. That is like, this is when the heavyweight division started to come back Yeah, and be, you know? Yeah, I know. And he had ran his
0: record to 28. No. Yeah. From 92 to 96, he won his first 28 fights, which is just unbelievable. Just mowing down the competition. So he's thinking – so, like, people in boxing are starting to think, like, this is a legitimate contender. Let's put him up against somebody who was a former heavyweight champion of the world in Riddick And this 1996.
1: '96. this is probably his, his most interesting – because the biting, when we first started to get into it, I was like, whoa, I want to look that up. It went all to the Riddick Bowe fights and the fights yeah. that were after that because – this is the one where he shows what a great fighter he is and what a lunatic he is. Yeah, what
0: what an absolutely insane per. And I feel a kindred spirit, not necessarily like with the biting, but I've always been the type of guy who just like, because of mental issues and my own personal shit, when, even when things are going right, I'm um, I'll always find a way to fuck it up.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, you start wondering why you're like, why is everything going so right? I'm like, oh no. I feel for this guy in a small way. I mean, yeah. he's an
0: idiot, but like, I feel for this guy. No,
1: I agree. He's donkey brained, but I, I got a <laughs> donkey I, <laughs> I got a feel for him. Well, that's the thing going into this Riddick Bo fight. Riddick Bo just beat Evander Holyfield, mm-hmm. and going into this fight. It was like a tune-up for Bo, but also to showcase Galata. Well, Bo was talking a lot of shit. Yeah, Bo,
0: here, I have the quote written down here. Bo said, they were asking him, how are you going to train to face Galata? you know? And he said, I don't know, how do you train for a bum? Exactly. And I can guarantee you somebody like Galata, who seems to be kind of a Sally sensitive deep down inside, probably heard that and said, oh, this motherfucker's going to... He's like Drago, like, I must break you.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where you hear these guys kind of talk shit before a fight, and sometimes it's fake, and sometimes the yeah. the indifference that they show a fighter is even worse. And that's what I felt like he did. He's just like, I don't care about that fighter.
0: Yeah, like, he could have talked mad crap about Galata, probably. And if, if he had probably done this and just said, like, I don't know, who has he faced, like... yeah. You know, let's see him on the under the big stage. Galata probably would have ignored that. Yep, I bet you he would have. He would have been like, Oh, this is just part of you know the back and forth. But because he said stuff like that, he, the groundwork was laid for something bizarre and insane to happen if things started going
1: Galata's way. And right off the bat, he just starts lighting him up. So it people say that Riddick Bo came in in this fight. Very undertrained. Yeah, and
0: Bo was notoriously—I found out um, from talking to Elias and then researching it—Bo was a really great fighter as a light heavyweight and a heavyweight, but he never, almost like Galata, once he reached the top, his training just went to crap. Like yeah. his drive, like he would train hard enough to get to the mountaintop, and then couldn't stay. Yeah, and not hard enough to maintain it. So he was thinking like this will be a walk in the park, and Galata went out and just started lighting him up.
1: With some great combos. That's something that people say when they were watching Galata was his speed and his combos in addition to his power is what made him such a great fighter. Oh, yeah. You watch those first like three or four rounds and he is just
0: absolutely lighting him up. And the the funny thing is, I, I mean, about this fight, just to add like some context. So it's at Madison Square Garden and half of the crowd is Polish. Yes. A people of Polish descent. And they're excited because there's never been a Polish fighter this good really ever before.
1: Yep. And this is his first match on the world stage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the other half of the crowd is African American like Bo. Yes. And it's pretty heated pre-fight. Yes. As far
1: as a lot of fans talking shit, a lot of energy in the in the arena.
0: Yeah, just a lot of negative energy a lot of negative yes yes very much so
1: put it that way yes i bet there was a lot of racism in with the fans like uh i'm just saying and yeah by the by the seventh round of this fight galat
0: is cruising i mean he's looking like not only a heavyweight contender he's looking like somebody who could take the heavyweight championship in a couple of years yes i mean just really sticking it to Bo. but he starts running into some issues not with Bo, but the referees and
1: himself well and
0: himself yeah. his his well, own crazy self.
1: He's winning the fight so much that if Bo didn't knock him out he wouldn't lose. Like if Bo went on and won the next 3 or 4 rounds, he still probably would have won the fight.
0: Yeah, if if he just kind of stayed away. Yes, if just, he just yes, just kind of kept his, distance, fought his own fight. Yes. And you know, maybe the last couple of rounds played possum and maybe lost a point, you know. Here
1: or there or even around here or there, but
0: Yeah, no, he was that ahead, but he kept And I'll go with the Simpsons reference here for the greatest Springfield film ever made. Uh, Football in the groining him with his fist.
1: Yes. I mean... The first two looked like they could be accidents, but when you're a precise boxer like they are, those are not accidents.
0: No, and his corner,
1: you would see him going back and they're like, stop hitting
0: him below the
1: belt. Yes, and then the... the, Because I think he did it four times. Three and four were so bad below the belt
0: and the ref was it, warning him too it's yes. not like it came out of the blue the ref was like I'm taking a point away yes he's like next time this happens you're out yes football in the groin had football in the groin but Galata bow number one had Galata's fist
1: in bow's groin <laughs> you were saying his knuckles were down by his knees uh, when we were talking about yeah, it earlier. no I it mean was, it,
0: this isn't like oh he just he missed yes you know? it was not that because like in the heat of the moment I can see that even though these guys are professionals like you're tired your brain you know is probably somewhere else at that point being turned into mush like if you hit a guy accidentally below the belt because you're trying to work the body so you can so he brings his guard down i get it like and if the ref tells you he's taking a point away to a normal person that would be enough of a warning to go yes okay and if you're winning the fight that substantially you you're would gonna just back be, off you're just gonna be okay well just get some jabs in there and uh keep keep this puppy rolling and if i don't knock him out i'm gonna win him
1: because if he doesn't knock me out good for me not galata galata went in to destroy his genitals and oh my god <laughs>
0: Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to uh, let you know that our sports experience podcast is brought to you by Engel Studio here, and uh, they're here in Tucson for all your recording needs it was It was so bad that thirty seven seconds left in that seventh round, he laid one on his balls that looked so blatant
1: it was yeah, completely blatant. It dropped them so fast that mayhem ensued.
0: Yeah, like, all I, I wish somebody had dubbed, sorry to go with it on the Simpsons track again, but that little dink, like when the ball hits Mulman in the nuts, yep. they just dub it on that last punch. Cause, oh, man. Dude, Bo hits, and Bo's a tough guy. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, your junk as a man, even the slightest thing can take you
1: down. And that was four full-on uppercuts to the junk. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, these are, like... Hard, hard punches. So, Riddick Riddick Bowe's corner essentially jumps in and attacks Galata. And
0: they attack Galata, and one of the guys, like his his main trainer, starts attacking him. Another guy, because Galata's being his arms are being held, starts hitting him in the head like tomahawk. Yeah. And not only does that happen. All the rage and anger from the crowd turns into like a soccer riot.
1: They say that the the in the audience it was essentially like a riot, yeah, and
0: like almost a full-on race war yes like, I mean yes, it was like watching it it's disturbing
1: in a way yes like well it, disturbing when galata's 74 year old manager or trainer i forget which one um i believe he had a heart attack
0: yeah and they're like wheeling him out and yeah they're doing it very poorly because yes. they have to get him up the steps of madison square garden out to the ambulance
1: and riddick Bo and him actually shared a room oh no way but yeah oh, one of those my. nice little uh
0: nice little tidbits you know, I feel like I'd rather have a heart attack than take the pounding that
1: Bo's nuts took in that first fight. Oh man! And you know what? That just preempts the second fight. Yeah, they, they a just, couple of months later, they, yeah, everybody's talking shit about how
0: Galata. This, this the first one was July eleventh, ninety six. Yes. They set up a second one, December fourteenth, nineteen ninety six.
1: Well, there was so much shit being talked about Galata being able to destroy him, and Riddick Bo was coming out saying like, "I didn't even train for this fight. Let me train." Yeah, and He ends up training, but I I watched this thing, and and it's something that you don't really think about with boxing. He lost a bunch of weight really quick, and Uh people say he lost a bunch of power because he lost too much weight too quickly, and it's something you don't really think about, but they say he dropped like 30 pounds. He looked in far better
0: physical condition for that second fight. Yes. But you know what?
1: It didn't matter. No, and that's the thing is he came out and – I think that his corner, his side was like, we're going to come out and we're going to match his speed and he's a better boxer. No. Galata was so much better both fights. And
0: Galata, much like fight number one, starts taking it to him and starts taking it to his nuts.
1: Well, he, uh, I think did, it was Brown 2.
0: That, yeah, but did you he he see head that? headbutts him. Tr- yeah. <laughs> did you see that training video, though, of before how his trainer put a pair of boxing trunks on the heavy bag to make sure that he doesn't hit him in the nuts. No, I didn't don't see that. That's go great. below the go don't go below the trunks. It yeah. was so funny, but you you knew it was going to happen. And you
1: knew that it was purposeful. That's the thing. He hated him and something about Galata's personality.
0: Yeah, like he he's one of those guys who like He'll hate you right off the bat, yeah, for no apparent reason.
1: Well, I want to get into this because I watched a video on it, and this is this this is the era for it. He had a bunch of acne. He had a bunch of back acne. Oh yeah, and that indicates steroids. Yeah, and he had it for multiple fights, and people say that's where his insanity might have came from
0: but he didn't even need it not no. at all and
1: that's oh that's what but makes that's it even the, more
0: tragic
1: i feel like that's the era of these guys who were didn't need it but then still took it you know what i mean yeah no it, i hear it it's a, it's an interesting one because you'll never get we we won't really hear his side of the story no he'll, he'll never talk about no, it no not he's not that kind of guy but let's get back to that second ridiculous yeah, fight to that second fight
0: uh, First, first couple of rounds, it's going Galata's way all over
1: again. But then Riddick Bowe kind of opens up. If you yeah. watch that fight, I uh-huh. think round four, he really starts laying into him. And I think what Bo really realized was he had to swing for the fences and not try and box him and just try and knock him out. He's going to have to knock him out because he's not going to win on
0: points. He's yeah. just being
1: outboxed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he he opens him up, opens up his left eye or his right eye. Yeah, uh Uh, I forget which one, but he opens him up and he keeps trying to punish that side. Yeah, and that pisses Galata off, and you could see greatly. Yeah, you could see him getting frustrated and angry with the way the fight is going. And you
0: can see even though he's even though Galata's winning, you can see after that the air raid, red siren going off in his head, yes. saying, open season on your balls, friend.
1: <laughs> well, he hits him once below the belt, and the ref gives him a warning. Yeah. And then the next round, I believe, he comes out and gives his balls the greatest ball combo I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh, man. Life.
0: Like, this is something that... It's, a, it's great, like... From a technique standpoint. That's what I mean. Yeah, you're just not allowed to hit someone there.
1: Well, when somebody hits below the belt, it's one shot. And that's how you know it's an accident. It's just like one. Boop. You're just like, damn. He literally hit him three. Boop, boop, boop. (laughs) Right? And it's like his dick is flopping back and forth. And it's just like the ref goes and it's just like, that's it. You're done. (laughs) And that's when, I mean, pretty much boxing kind of turned their back on him. But he had such a name.
0: Yeah, like you don't want to be known as the guy that punches people in the nuts. Yeah, you like, don't want
1: to be known as the guy that constantly gets disqualified.
0: Yeah, and that kinda of really tarnished him, but he yes. was
1: still so good. Well that's what everyone said with those with the thirteen rounds before he got disqualified in both fights, you know what I mean? Seven yeah. in the first, six in the second or whatever. He was dominating. Yeah. Not he- not just winning, he was dominating.
0: Like you, do, you don't understand that. It's like a guy who's pitching like a no-hitter into the seventh inning and then just says, I don't like this guy, so I'm going to hit him and put him on base. I don't like this guy, so I'm going to hit him and put him on base. And he yeah. just starts walking and runs by beaning guys.
1: Yep, and then he just starts balking. Yeah, like, right? Just like the weird – you're just like, what is happening right now? <laughs> you're screwing it up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting, but then – his his career isn't even like done with the interesting stuff. He he has so he has like three or four more interesting fights. No,
0: I mean he fought Lennox Lewis in October of ninety seven, October fourth for the WCB or WBC title.
1: And this is uh, something I I thought was interesting was he got shots for he got shots of sorry let me look it lidocaine up. lidocaine for mm-hmm. tendonitis in his knees, and sometimes that causes blurry vision. Yeah, and he says that he was completely unable to see Len... He, he completely didn't have depth perception.
0: Yeah, which it, you kind of need in boxing. <laughs> if you
1: look at that fight, that's what it looks like.
0: Yeah, he and I mean, he filed the $21 million med mal suit against the guy that shot him up. Yes. I mean, because you can tell he was a little off. I don't know, in a court of law, I don't know if you can attribute it to the lidocaine, yes. but...
1: But you can tell it he was certainly off. certainly didn't help. Lennox Lewis came in, and it was almost like he couldn't defend his punches, which is crazy and for him. And he knocked him out weight. in
0: the first round.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. That that fight, I thought, was really interesting because he almost didn't even box, if that makes sense. Like, he didn't even, like, get started. How much, how
0: much do you think Lennox Lewis went home that night and was like, oh, thank God for that lidocaine?
1: Oh, man. Because that could have been Lennox Lewis losing and not... I mean, that could have been Galata being, you know.
0: That could have been Lennox not even losing his title or losing the title, but Lennox Lewis uh, losing uh, a testicle. Oh, yeah.
1: It's like, true. <laughs> you Who knows? Know. Who knows? Because
0: Lennox Lewis is fantastic. He probably would have beat him. Yeah, that's true. And if he's beating him in like round five and Galata goes to crazy town, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah.
1: Avita's a into your nuts. Yeah, right. That's, I mean, jeez. <laughs>
0: But Glorious
1: then, uh, bastards! I love that. <laughs> I know. But it's just—it's such an interesting thing because he just can't catch a break, and he can't create one for himself. Like every, like you were saying, like every time it starts to go great, or it starts to go right, either he messes it up, or something gets messed up for him.
0: Yeah, and then he's still in contention because he's so good. Like yes. people want to keep giving him chances. Like November twentieth, nineteen ninety nine, he fights Michael Grant for the NABF title obviously loses, but between that he won his next six fights. Yes. After the Lewis debacle. Like you keep giving him chances and he's like you're like, maybe he's turned the corner yeah. and then whoop. It seems like the fights on the big stage he can't handle it. Yeah. I mean it it's like he doesn't have that dog in him to be like, all right, I just have to keep my shit together for the next Hour,
1: yeah, he's got the Billy Bean in him. He can't, he can't take that loss.
0: Yeah, and it just he gets into his own head. But instead of just like privately sulking, he publicly punches people in the dick. Exactly. Like,
1: <laughs> and then he fights uh, Mike Tyson. Yes, this he is, does. I think this is this his is last year, two thousand. Yeah, last big fight. And uh I saw something that was interesting. A couple of uh Boston guys. We're talking about it. Um, And it's so weird when you find these weird-ass videos online. But they were talking about the mob's involvement in boxing at that time and Galata possibly taking a dive during that fight because... He very well could have. He got knocked down in round two and then didn't come out for round three. Yeah. And if you talk to anybody in his camp, they said it was the weirdest interaction with him where he was just like, nah, I can't go out and they're like, What do you mean you can't go out? You're fine. Yeah. Like, it, it it it's one of those weird boxing interactions where maybe the mob was involved in that one. Possibly. I mean Tyson
0: was disqualified eventually later for failing a drug test. For
1: failing for weed. Yeah. Which yes.
0: let me tell you, weed is not a drug. Weed is a mystical item that makes you feel good
1: oh that's nice yeah now i'm feeling good yeah exactly uh, but it's one of those things where it's not performance enhancing it's not like yeah that's the stupidest part of disqualifying him but i don't even know why they would be testing him for it but that's i mean that's a whole nother podcast
0: yeah like why why wouldn't you be testing him for steroids or anything else but they weren't at that time i feel like weed would make mike tyson more docile which is kind of the tyson you want i know (laughs) like Tyson's he, a scary man. Everyone's like, "Oh, he bit someone. He's pulling a Tyson." No, Tyson pulled a Galata after he fought Holyfield. Yeah, like, come exactly. On. Come like,
1: on, man. Let's give the let's give the credit where it's due. They should have
0: allowed in that fight biting. Just <laughs> like just said, "All right, boys, biting is included." The Galata Tyson bite off the. Oh man, that blood would have looked like the elevators from The Shining oh, after that Jesus. one. Jesus, <laughs> I'm gonna eat your children. <laughs> come on, Andrew.
1: Chow down. I don't think anybody's scarier and been more made fun of more than Mike Tyson.
0: Yeah, I would never do that to Mike Tyson. I such fear w- that man so much.
1: It's such a weird thing. Like we're not going around like making fun of serial killers, but with Mike Tyson, like he literally could be.
0: Which is hilarious because he's so much more dangerous. Yes, he is. And he could probably get away with it more than a serial killer because he would... You would threaten him, he'd claim self defense and walk. <laughs> yeah.
1: I heard he's training for a fight right now. Did you
0: hear that? Yeah. Elias was telling me about that, actually. It's, and I'm kind of intrigued, honestly, because I've seen like interviews with him recently. Yeah. And I don't know if his muscle gain is on the level in terms of legality, but he is straight
1: jacked for a dude in his 50s. Straight jacked, and he looks like he has a speed and all of that. Yeah. It's, he has his own
0: weed, too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, Good for you, Mike. Good for I you, Mike. I am so
0: happy, Mike. Exactly. Uh, back to Galata, though. Yes. Back to Gulotta. Um After that Tyson fight, though, he took three years off. Yes. He took three years off to do whatever it is. A uh, guy from Poland fleeing prison time and being a good professional boxer would.
1: I was going to say, it seems like he probably was doing illicit things in that time with what happens later in his life. It, it can't be... He definitely didn't take it off to, like, start training kids in boxing, if that makes sense, you know? Like, he definitely took those three years off and was, like, maybe dealing drugs, maybe doing some. I mean, who knows, man? Yeah.
0: No, I mean, he uh, definitely comes back. Um, he had a draw with Chris Byrd in 2004, um, lost unanimous decision to John Ruiz in 2004. And then um, – he has a WBO title against LeMond Brewster in 2005. And he was a technical knockout in the, uh, I believe, 11th round. But he was heavily favored, too, in that. Yeah. And he just couldn't, do, couldn't get it done. Couldn't get over the hump. And it's so sad because of how good he truly
1: was. Yeah, he had all the potential. All and the I feel potential. like he wasted his prime, especially. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And with those nut shots.
0: <laughs> I mean, he won a vacant IBF title against Kevin McBride in 2007. Yeah. And, you know, just couldn't really get over the hump as far as what he could have been. Yeah. It's like the story of what could have happened, and he just
1: didn't do it. Yeah. And, and then, it's sad. And then uh, post-career. Yes, he, he, post-career. He got arrested for... uh impersonating a police officer. Yeah, you want to get into that? (laughs) Well, this is kind of interesting. So post-career, it just seems like his life got into just where some of these boxers might go is like running security for bad people and that kind of stuff. It's a weird... Yeah, like
0: just being a bouncer for like an exclusive casino and glad-handing and, you know, just... Some Something to be a big guy and keep your face out there, you yeah. know, that type of deal. Possibly working with the mafia. Yeah, yeah, possibly working with the mafia.
1: I'm just saying, these, these are all mob jobs. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, breaking legs, fingers, that type of deal. But impersonating a cop, didn't you say he had a bunch of uh, weapons in yeah, the car? Yeah,
1: I think he had three unregistered firearms and then a couple registered ones. Oh, my God. So, like, he was pretty much doing what you think these guys are going to do, which sucks to say. Yeah. And then he gets deported back to Poland.
0: Yeah. And Mm -hmm. is
1: extremely scared that he's going to go to prison.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, But gets back to Poland, and they pretty much celebrate him like a hero.
0: Yeah. I mean, which is crazy to think, like... The guy that threw it all away is still celebrated as a hero because he got out.
1: Because he got out and he kind of had some bigger fights and you know, Mm. he had some popularity. But I I found it interesting that his disconnect with his home was so much that when he went home, he was like, shit, am I going to be arrested? And they were like, no, we love you. (laughs) Like he was on the Poland version of Dancing with the Stars. Even better. Yes. Like, like did it, did he... Uh, not shot, no. He, they had him dance with a woman. Well, I knew where you were going. No, <laughs> no,
0: no. I was going to ask, did he uh, headbutt right to the ovaries, Ron Burgundy style, <laughs> that poor dancing partner?
1: There you go. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm just saying, he lived quite a... And he's still alive. He's yeah. living quite an interesting life, you know? Like, escaped Poland. Which to- I give him credit for, because,
0: like... His life could have gone in a completely other crappy direction, and just the fact that he's like alive and not punch drunk and can have some semblance of normalcy, particularly with that upbringing and you know that type of era of Poland, yeah, to be like just a functioning member of society that should be celebrated, like and. As many jokes as we're making that should be celebrated, but you always have that question of what if.
1: Yeah, I you think know. that's what everybody says is he had the potential and he kind of squandered it.
0: Yeah, which is which is almost tragic in a way for someone to do that. Yeah. But we love you, Andrew Galata. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> you this was,
1: do you, sir. What a great research and great boxing. I was really into the boxing we watched. Right? The, yeah. the heavyweight boxing in the 90s and early 2000s is probably some of the best. I, I know what people say, Ali, but that's not what I grew up seeing. Yeah. You know. It's one of those things.
0: But, no, I I thoroughly enjoyed this. And thank you again, Elias, for bringing this gentleman to our attention.
1: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to that podcast. This is just a stock message at the end of all of our podcasts. So we hope you enjoy. You listen to whatever athlete that was. Give us a follow at the Sports Experience Podcast on Instagram. Also myself at Sequin Comedy on Instagram, also to Tola Dominic on Instagram. Just follow us all around. If you have any suggestions for any athletes you want us to do, shoot us an email at the Sports Experience Podcast at gmail.com, and we always are recording right here at Angle Studio. Thank you all very much.